Welcome to Offshore Explorer. I'm Scott Dodgson, your host. Welcome. It's been a minute uh, since our last uh, podcast. Um, today's podcast is about uh, reading and writing, which will explain a little bit of why I haven't uh, posted a podcast. I've been busy writing. I published a new book called Not a Moment to Lose. Um, the tag on that is uh, First He Stole Her Heart, Then Her Boat, and Now She Wants Them Back. And it's kind of based on a true story. Um, I, I bought uh, Delphus, which was my boat, from a woman whose boyfriend um, convinced her to buy the boat. And then he broke up with her, and she was sort of stuck with the boat. But he stripped everything, all the electronics out of the boat. He took the generator out of the boat. I'm surprised he didn't take the engine. Um, but he pretty much took everything. He even took cushions, um, some sails. He took a spinnaker, which was pretty pretty nice. And, and kind of left her with this stripped-down version of a CT-54. And uh, the boat was called Delphus. And in my story, Not a Moment to Lose, I use Delphus as a, as a character. And um, I use the same name as, as my boat. And oftentimes when I write stuff, I will, I will sort of use things that are real for me. And that's, that was real. So I was inspired by this woman who um, was sitting on this boat. She had a really nice place um, in St. John in Coral Bay. And it was up on the, up on the mountain. It was pretty, pretty high up on the mountain. But the view from her porch, which I describe in the story, was of the entire bay of Coral Bay. I mean, you could see everywhere, all the way out to Frenchman's Key. It was just absolutely gorgeous. And there were no lights up there at all. So at night, it was just the lights in the house, which was a little house sort of nestled on the side of the mountain. Um, wild donkeys are around. I use wild donkeys in the story quite a bit because they, uh, they're very uh, prevalent when you go to that part of St. John. And, and we actually did have a few crazy moments with the, with the, with the drought and, and the donkeys falling into um, the cisterns to try to get water. And most of the cisterns were just, um, uh, you know, six-foot round concrete um, piping or, you know, like drainage pipes. And, and then with a concrete bottom, and they were built up, and the water would sit in there, and there was a pump. So, And you had to have them filled up. The truck had to come from Cruise Bay. Um, and sometimes it came from the truck had to go from St. Thomas by the ferry and then cruise Bay and then drive all the way across the Island. And, and that's how the water got into the cisterns. Other than that, it took rain. Um, but as many of you know, in Caribbean islands, there's two kind of two halves to the Island. There's a part that's very dry, which is usually the part on the Eastern part, especially in the, the greater Antilles, it'll always be the eastern part of the island. And it's somewhat dry. It's almost desert-like. Um, a good example of that is to um, look at Virgin Gorda. Uh, except for a few 
small areas, that's mostly a fairly dry island. Um, probably could be considered what they call a um, tropical desert. Um, cactus, uh, sand, um, not a lot of heavy ve- uh, vegetation. So with that in mind, I decided to set my story um, in St. John. Now I had I had first come to St. John on a delivery. Um, and this is really a long time ago. Um, a friend of mine recommended another go- friend who was who had a boat uh, in New York City. And at the time I was running a ferry. And then I moved from ferry to running a uh, this sort of mini party boat cruise ship. It was 144 feet. It took, I don't know, you could put like 500 people on it. Um, and we used to do private parties and drive around. Um, I mentioned this in one of my podcasts, my stories about uh, the movie star, the movie actress who... Uh, um, she and I had a relationship, um, while at the New York tennis center on the boat. Um, but anyway, the, the, I wanted to do something because the, the winter is coming and the, the cruise ship business was going to shut down the party business. So, uh, I, I hooked up with this guy and he takes his boat every year down to, uh, St. Thomas. And it's like 65 feet, um, nice boat, had this weird smell inside, which I'll never forget. It's, it sort of reminded me, but not really, of, of vomit. Uh, just, I don't know what it was. And I couldn't understand. He would go down there to uh, charter the boat. And he was a super nice guy, super nice guy. He was a former um, nuclear scientist with IBM. And his wife was a IBM salesperson, blah, blah, blah. And they were really beautiful people. So we took the boat. Um, I took the boat down to uh, St. Thomas. And when I got down to St. Thomas, I had to find a job. And finding a job as a mate on a, another boat, um, I learned about doing the charter business in the Caribbean and in St. Thomas. And it was it was fun. Uh, it wasn't fun being made. I already had my captain's license. I'd already been, you know, very experienced at this particular point. But you know, I knew that if I was going to learn it, I had to learn it from somebody really good. So, part of the composite of my character Lola comes from Ruth. Ruth was uh, from Boston, and uh, her her ex husband was a fireman. And um, she was a, a world-class swimmer in her day. When I met her, she was in her 60s. And um, she's, she was just a real, um, she was a real card. Um, very funny, um, very charming to be around, but uh, just, she had a captain's license and she was running this boat for a guy who, for a guy who was just practically an invalid, who kind of used the boat to drink and just just sort of occupy space 
while she ran the boat and she would, you know, sail the boat and do all the cooking and all the rest of the stuff. And, and so that was the, that was the boat. And, and you'll, you'll find this on occasion if you go on a charter or if, uh, what chartering's become a little bit more professional than it used to be, but it used to be kind of mom and pop. And, you know, the old man was kind of drunk all every night and, you know, the old lady, she would go ahead and she would do all the cooking and cleaning and entertaining and sort of what they did at home, I suppose. But anyway, she showed me um, the ropes of sailing around uh, St. Thomas and the British Virgin Islands. We went all to all the stops and we had all the shortcuts down and where we could sail and, you know, where we couldn't sail and you know, pointed out the reefs. And I mean, really, I got a great education as far as that was concerned. And then we went to Coral Bay, which was sort of out of the charter boat mainstream uh, path and, and course, because it was a little bit out of the way. And it required a little bit longer and harder sailing than most people who are chartering a boat really wanted. So, using my composite character of um, of of the movie star, of the New York gal, of Ruth, um, and a few other uh, women that I knew on a boat, I came up with Lola, and I decided to focus on Lola, even though I might add that most of my listeners and most of my readers are generally men. Um, age 55 and up. That's the majority of them. So writing about a woman sailor who's learning the ropes and all the rest of this kind of stuff generally isn't of interest to these guys, but they they seem to be buying books, um, which is great. And of course, I urge you to buy Not a Moment to Lose on Amazon. I'll leave the link. So anyway, I have this this composite character of Lola who are based on real people. Now, Lola's first scene that we see her is, is as a financial person. And this is sort of, this is true. Um, and it's also true that in the story, she fall, she gets knocked off a boat. Um, it, was a, it was a Freddy 55. And she got knocked off, knocked off the boat and they didn't go back and pick her up because nobody knew. It, everybody was partying and nobody knew she fell overboard. And she was eventually rescued um, by a, a man um, who was sailing in a sailboat. Now, in my story, this is where I introduce Nathan. Now, for all intents and purposes, um, Nathan is is a composite of is really my character is me, and so you can just take that with a grain of salt if you want. So, I wanted to develop a story in which we had this really lovely how to get from point A to point B. Point A, you're on land. You've got your house or a car, your rent, or whatever. You've got your, you, you're in business, you're making money, you're doing your thing, and you're working really, really hard. And then one day you say, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm going to go sailing. Well, I wanted to create a world in which the Neanderthals and the Homo sapiens are, 
you know, you're just, the stupid people are just going to keep working and working and working and working and working and working and, and, you know, go through all the trials and tribulations that the economy throws at you. And essentially, their life as a worker bee just ends. And I've always believed that you have to go do stuff. You have to go and try to be inspired. And you, you only become inspired by your actions, Okay, and the homo sapiens are people who are inspired by their actions, but manipulate the Neanderthals. So I wanted to show her position in this sort of culture. But one of the things about getting out of this life, this American life, or this British life, or this Australian life, or this New Zealand life, okay, and going sailing is you have to tidy up a lot of people mainly the family and the family history. Now, this is all very interesting because up until air travel and really up until the steam engine, especially in the age of sail, young men, mostly, some women, not very many, would leave the farm, would leave the tenement, and go sailing to find their fortune. And this is this is a really important uh, issue on how these things work because it's important to understand that our culture, Western culture in general, and even Asian culture, all cultures, the sailor has offered experience, wisdom and knowledge of foreign countries, how people live, this, that, and the other thing. But one of the key things that this entire thing is, and it's kind of partly me, is that you learn to read and you learn to write. For years, the ships that used 300 men to sail them, they had their own libraries. Uh, Local societies, reading societies, would leave book, bring books and put them on the library. If you didn't know how to read, which, I mean, everybody reads to some degree today, but in this case, back then, people didn't have high schools or grade schools, too much to go to. People learned to read in just a sort of very rudimentary way. Um, In most cases, people couldn't read at all. But on a ship, they had the opportunity to be taught how to read and to learn how to write. So reading and writing became a thing. And we have this giant um, slice of literature across the cultures and across the languages where sailors are writing stories and become writers because they learn to read. Joseph Conrad, he was Polish, served on English uh, trading ships, learned English learned how to write English, and became one of English's, England's greatest writers. Another example is, is uh, Frederick Douglass. He was a slave, and he got lent out to a shipyard in Baltimore, okay, to be a caulker. Now, if you don't know what a caulker is, that's when you put the, the, the cloth or the, the, the cotton between the planks of a ship to create a seal so it doesn't leak. 
and it's a skill job. But usually the people who did that were black because that's the way the, the yards were organized. But the Cocker's Union, quote-unquote, taught these black men how to read and how to write. And this is where Frederick Douglass learned how to read and write. So you see where I'm going with the, the extension of sailing experience and reading and writing. So for the last year, I've been reading and writing. Um, I wrote this book, Not a Moment to Lose. I also wrote uh, a collection, an anthology of short stories called A Sailor's Point of View, which you can pre-order. In order, it'll be out in August. Um, I'll leave a link at the bottom. I'm going to do a separate uh, piece because it'll be kind of a um, review because I base some of the stories on some of the podcasts that I do, I've done. So getting back to Not a Moment to Lose. So I have this woman. She's smart. Um, she gets rescued by a Caribbean smuggler. Now, if you've been paying attention to these podcasts or not paying attention, you know I have quite a sordid history in terms of smuggling things. Um, I spent a great deal of time sailing across the oceans with antiquities and moving things back and forth and making money off of these. I'll admit to it. I, I couch it in a different way but in the other stories, but this is, this is the truth of it. So I wanted her to have this relationship and be introduced into island life. And island life is very, very um, specific. And the book tries to explain how, you know, this little village on the edge of Coral Bay um, developed. Now, back in the day, and you can find this in, um, you know, bohemians the bohemians moved down and out of woodstock and all the rest of the place and settled in coral bay but they ended up having a lot of problems and of course this is this is a part of it because you know sailing isn't so much about um, just the actual sailing part and, and the technical part i mean anybody can learn the technical part who it, it sailing is a relatively easy thing to learn. To do it well is a very difficult thing to do. But if you go places, you're going to a place, all right? And when you get there by boat, you have a certain aura about you, and you're, you're ob you, 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 you learn about these places. This is what it's about. This is what going to another place and opening your eyes out up and experiencing these things. That's what sailing does. It's, it's, it's a piece of transportation that takes you in a very romantic way into another culture, another town, another place, the importance of place, something I've written about. It's really, really important. And that's how you develop as a human being. That's where your inspiration comes. That's where your imagination is developed. So I wrote this book with the expressed um, interest of writing a sort of modern sea story. And I'm really happy uh, that it's, it's gotten some really good reviews. And um, it's selling pretty well. Um, but it's... To me, it's just, 
is a glimpse into all the things that I've been talking about. And it's sort of centered on, uh, it isn't sort of centered, it is centered on Coral Bay. And Coral Bay is a place that I learned a lot about myself and a lot about sailing, a lot about the Caribbean. And it just, it got better from there as it went out and out and out. So this is a little brief thing on Not a Moment to Lose and a little explanation of why I am back in the saddle, so to speak. Um, I'm going to be doing next uh, week's uh, podcast will be on a sailor's point of view in which I discuss uh, about my collection of anthologies, which is being published by uh, Main Street Rag Press. Um, Folks, it's really hard to get short stories published, um, especially a book of short stories. So I am really honored that they've taken me on and they're going to publish my book. And I would urge anybody, if, if you want to read some really clever stories, that's, that's the place to go. And I, I will talk about that next week. But in the meantime, I am moving from Los Angeles, which I have been, surprisingly, a long time. And I'm moving back to France. And I will be setting up uh, an apartment and be living in France for the next year. And so my, my, uh, my podcast will have a little bit different flavor, uh, more of a European flavor at that point. And uh, I'll be looking forward to some new sailing adventures. Um, I'm looking for, I'm, I'm going to Antibes. I'll be sailing out of Antibes for a little while. Um, I'm also going to be uh, doing the Saint-Tropez. And a couple other things. I'll be in Barcelona. Um, and I'm also planning on taking the ferry, which is kind of interesting, out of um, uh, uh, out of Spain to uh, to uh, t- to the other side to Morocco, and I'll be in Morocco for a, a few days, which is a very famous sailing capital. If you didn't know, it's also very interesting and kind of a crazy place. I've been there a couple times, but uh, I'll be going back and forth. I'll also be going to England. Um, I'm using my base in France to be able to sort of bump around. And I'll tell you, one of the things that I learned, and and I, it took me a while to realize it, is, I mean, if I look at my logbook and I go back, I have sailed the entire coast all the little inlets and islands of of all the Mediterranean. And I mean all of it. All of France, all of Italy, all the Dalmatian coast, all the coast of, in Greece, Turkey, um, all the way around across Syria, Israel, Egypt, um, Libya. I've, I've sailed all these places all across North Africa. And in Spain, in Morocco, and out the out the chute, out to Atlas's uh, um, pillars, and I've been all up and down the east coast, west coast. I'm sorry of of Europe, of France, and and into all the way up and around into the North Sea and the Baltic. So I've covered a lot of ground. I've not sailed all the way around England, although I would like to do that at some point. 
But one of the things that I learned, and this is something I want to tackle, is I've been on, in all these countries. I've gotten to know people. I've lived in these places. But I've never lived inside these places. So I'll be living about 25, 30 miles inland, which will be a big uh, step for me. And I'll be looking forward to having a whole new learning experience that is, in a sense, unattached um, in the sailing world. So we'll be looking at some some different topics and some fundamentally different storytelling. Um, and I'm really I'm really excited about doing that um, for information. I'll be leaving March 4th from LA and going to a place called Magala. Uh, France. Um, it's a it's a little tiny um, vineyard. Whip! I just gave it away. Yep, it's a it's a it's a wine growing commune. Um, so you'll know my state of being. Um, you know, because the sailor doesn't want to be too far from his own um, liquid refreshment. But anyway, I want to thank you all for you know coming back and tuning in. Um, please. Uh, Go buy my book, Not a Moment to Lose. It's on Amazon. I'll leave the link. You can get it uh, for free um, with Kindle Unlimited. Um, Ten bucks for the book itself in, in Kindle. And, of course, it's out in paperback and hardback. It does the whole gamut. So, anyway, I want to thank you, and um, I hope you have some smooth seas and fair winds. This is Scott Dodge. <laughs>